the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with my co-host, Larry Jones, on this Thursday evening. Good evening, Dr. Mark. Good evening. It's February 3rd, and we said we were going to take credit for the weather today. Man, Absolutely. what a great day we had. It's about 83 degrees out there right now. Yeah, it's probably starting to cool off a little bit with the run, but I'm telling you, man, it was, uh, it's been an interesting run here for Floridians. Last weekend, I could not believe how cold it was. I went out to take the trash on a Saturday night yep. and thought I'd woken up and gotten back and we had moved back to Wisconsin. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a change. I tell you, it kind of kept people indoors and, you know, all the soccer yeah. games that are going on now in the uh, state playoffs. Right. They have been chilly and chilly. They have. But even though we've got three or four days now of 80s, it's going to get a little cooler this coming weekend, but not like it was before. Yeah, you know, no one in the country has given us any sympathy about this That's whatsoever. Right. I've, well, I've talked to friends and fam out and about, and they're like, you shut up. Well, if you look at the weather, you got this severe ice storm coming across the Midwest right? that's going to hit the Northeast this weekend. Yeah, well, and, I'm, I'm going to be here. And it's interesting. I know you have a 14-year-old, right? My 14-year-old grandson, they're taking their eighth grade trip to Washington, D.C., and they're flying uh, up there Friday. Nice, nice. They're going to snow in. You better take some heavy coats. Yeah, with get iced in. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, All we've right. got uh, lots of stuff to talk about today. Right. As, as has been usual for this uh, year of broadcasting, we've talked about about COVID and uh, the new variant has been the biggest thing in the news, I think. Yes. And I did do a little background, finally, some catch up because we've been following the stats and whatnot and, you know, why it's different, how it's behaving differently. And of course, I'm talking about Omicron. Right. So it turns out when they detected that Omicron existed, I believe it was in Denmark, Mm -hmm. they actually identified three different subvariants of Omicron and they just, they're very creative in naming them. They called them Omicron BA1, 2, and 3. Okay. So not so creative, but that's, but uh, no, that's fine. And, and so they really, I haven't heard a lot about this. No. Well, that's why I was kind of surprised because they knew about it from the very beginning and they didn't know which one of these siblings was going to be and i got that from one of the one of the articles they were telling mm-hmm. that they were sibling like okay because they shared so many characteristics but they weren't clones they weren't identical and so they didn't know which one was going to kind of challenge to be the next big thing or if any of them would okay but obviously omicron ba1 I guess it got its name and got cocky, and so it was by far the one that was the uh, most quick in spreading throughout the world. Right. Well, now we've got BA2, which has has, uh, shown up in some countries at at a high rate, up to 5% of the uh, new infections. Uh, It's been detected here in the U.S., uh, but it hasn't gotten a a rate large enough that anybody's given it a number. Nobody's even talking about it yet. Yeah, and the the, uh, scientists are saying... 
that it behaves like one. Uh, they're thinking it might be a little bit more contagious. Even than the original Omicron? Yeah, than the original, than oh, one. Wow. Yeah, Because that's so, pretty contagious. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Compared, compared to everything compared else. Compared to Delta. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, it kind of washed out Delta, and we yeah. were so impressed with the R0 with right. Delta. Right. So then uh, the other discussion is that it doesn't, once again, like one, doesn't seem to be that it's going to be a severe illness. And the suspicion is that if you've been vaccinated or you've had COVID, that it's going to be a, or, you know, a mild nose. case. Yeah, like, yeah. A, a, yeah. like a light cold. Yeah. Right. And you may not even get up and excited enough to test for it. So, okay. so how that works in this big picture certainly is a mystery. But if we see that number of infections, especially on folks that haven't been vaccinated, you know, reaching the herd immunity number, which is now really high because the R naught of this of this is higher than eight. Right. So if we see that getting there, that may be a way that we knock this out. However, the other thing is this may be the next bump as we've now recovered from okay. Omicron one. We might see a yeah. bump with Omicron. And BA2. it's interesting you mentioned that recovering. The numbers are way down yes. on Omicron, not only yep. statewide but nationally. Yep. And well, and well, we should, really the numbers of infections are down because yep. a lot of states yep. aren't measuring. You know of what. Right. what it is. So if they've a positive test, it's a positive test. That doesn't yeah. tell us if it's Omicron and, and or not. And let me throw something in here, too. I was looking at an article the other day. If you recall, vaccinations got up to 93,000 a day. You remember that? Yes, yes. They're down to 16,000 a day now. Well, they've closed a lot of sites. Yeah. Um, they closed the monoclonal antibody sites, right. unrelated. Yep. And, but they've closed a lot of sites. Yep. And but you had a you pulled a really interesting article. The numbers in this yeah. article about vaccination were very impressive. Yeah, the World Health, World Health Organization, the WHO, the yeah, WHO. Who? The I was going to say who, and you'd say, yeah, uh, I know it could go on. Uh, believe it or not, the numbers reached this past week that 10 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Now, when you think that there's only 7.9 billion people on the earth, there's been a vaccination plus for every right. person on earth. Right, right. Now, and obviously the same people that have gotten two or three vaccinations account for all that. So we still have a, a large unvaccinated population worldwide, but I'd have to really dig deep to figure out who that is. Right. But that is, right. that's pretty amazing. And 10 billion yeah. and over what's the, what's the period of time now? Are Since we Since December of 2020? That's pretty amazing. I mean, basically 13 months. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I mean, that's that's very impressive, 10 right? Billion. Yep. Well, what that really speaks to is that the speed of how this thing came sure. about and not only the vaccine, yeah. the vaccine and not only that, but the boosters and the the speed in which or uh, countries were able to manage yep. this thing. No, it is it really the, the delivery, yeah. everything, the yeah. making making money appear that's going to be paid for for many years to come. But yeah, it's it is. It's been uh, it's unlike anything that's ever happened before, right. and which kind of matches. This is the first modern day pandemic, so our modern day response was different than it was last time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But again, there are still, you know, we talk about health disparity in the, in the U S mm -hmm. there is still of these 10 billion doses. A lot of world leaders say that it hasn't been distributed properly. And you got a lot of areas of the world that have seen very little vaccine. No. And they have very high infection rates and very yes. high death yes. rates. Yes. No, it's, it's, there, there's no surprise to that. I think there was some right. targeting of getting vaccines a certain way, yep. but the Pfizer biotech vaccine, 
seen really can't be delivered in rural areas. You just can't keep it cold right. enough. Right. And, you know, it's giving a single dose of the Johnson and Johnson and the AstraZeneca. Uh, that was that was really the plan all the way along. Right. 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 So and the we'll U.S. has that. done pretty well on vaccinations. I think we're up to just under 65 percent of the overall population. But we're not going to stop there because no. what was the latest emergency clearance yeah. re- request? Well, Pfizer just came out this week and they've recommended a uh, vaccination for six months to four-year-olds. Right. And hopefully the CDC and the FDA are going to be looking at this emergency use authorization by the end of the month. I, You know, I would not be even a little bit surprised if they just say no. Because we really? the argument all along has been that's not the age group that's going to get it or spread it. Right. And so if everything has been risk reward from the very beginning. Because kids aren't even in preschool no, until they're. No. But they are in daycare. And, and there are very few. Now, there have been a few rare cases, this this MICS version, mm-hmm. where where they uh, they come through. Actually, MISC, sorry. MISC version where they get the 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 virus and then it converts over to sort of a response to their body over fighting it with the immune system and they end out in the hospital and there have been deaths even of, of very young children young children but but wouldn't you agree on your pediatric you're you're in the pediatrics world yep. uh i would suppose it's and it's it's all just my thinking that these children that have died had multiple comorbidities and other no, no 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 this no? one's no this one's different okay. so the ones that okay. get this misc are not necessarily with comorbidities okay but okay. but the run of the mill infection with with kids they used to think that asthma was asthma right. has not right. turned out to be a big deal right. that's not right. but yeah, the that's a pretty small group of the the kids that are immunosuppressed for some reason. So that really doesn't account for it. But mm-hmm. the target has been school age kids because they're the ones they're going to spread it to each other, to their right. parents, to their right. grandparents. Right. Whereas six months to four years, and here's part two: the percentage of families that have taken their five to twelve year olds to get a vaccine has been lower. It's about thirty percent. Yeah, yeah. Than, it's been lower than the sixteen to eighteen. Yep. And which is lower than the 18 on up. Right. So now we're really have a have a company that's producing something that that they're like, you know. But in that five to 11 group, isn't that a lower dosage also of the vaccine? Well, it is. It's a lower total volume. Yeah. But, you know, no one knows. exactly. Would you expect six months to four would even be lower? Yeah. Because, again, it's a volume thing. It's not. It's it's partially the reactivity. But if you can get the same effect with less of anything, that's mm-hmm. the that's the right way to treat it. But yeah, I haven't read up on what the dosing is. Okay. And then if you look at the difference in size between a six-month-old and a four-year-old right. and compare that to the difference in size between five and 12, I wonder how that pans out. I mean, in my head, yeah. it seems like it's going to be a bigger disparity. Right. So is this single dose going to work this? I, I, right. I, see, I, just, right. I just see this as an opportunity to sell more vaccine. Well, and, and that's what I was just fixing to say, yeah. Dr. Mark. You know, 10 billion doses with 7.9 billion people on Earth should be adequate to get to... Well, to herd immunity? To herd immunity. Well, yeah. I think it's it isn't just because 
so many of those doses are divided, you know, three doses in one person. Right, right, right. right. So like you and I have had right. all three. Exactly. Yeah, so if yeah. you if you do that math, you know, you're looking at the, the yeah. number. And this article doesn't actually say how many individuals no. have been. No, to, there's some other yeah. data out there, but not yeah. worldwide that it I've seen It talks about yet. certain countries like Nigeria and some of the African countries, but mainly it, it, it talks about Europe and the U.S. Right. Well, and I mean, the I more think this, this kind of goes to what we've we've been all about since day one. I mean, we're really balanced in our opinions. We are pro-vaccine, but to a point. And, and for me, this is my point. You know, I, I think that uh, if people have uh, issues and have had reactions and concerns, or now we're take, talking about a six-month to four-year-old, I don't know what the gain is when you compare it to any risk. Right. Because if, right. if there's no gain, then you don't do yeah. it. Well, it's interesting that when the WHO came out with this uh, information, and I don't know who they consider wealthiest companies versus poorer countries, Country. but in the wealthier countries, they estimated that 77% of people have received at least one dose, were in the low-income countries Less than ten percent. Right, it's probably third world. They probably divide it to third Third world world and first world. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting fact. So there's something else out there too, Doctor Mark. You know, we've been we've been talking about this testing, and we talked about the 500 million uh, doses that uh, test that Biden was going to send out. Right. Well, the numbers changed. Uh oh. There was a public health announcement last week that the Biden administration announced that they would send out over a billion free rapid COVID tests a billion a billion Mm. and listen to this it's recommended that once these tests are received Mm -hmm. you keep them dry keep them in room temperature but the cdc and these physicians at the fda indicate that they're encouraging people when you get a symptom take a test yeah and regardless of travel or exposure and i I may have to leave can you imagine? I might have to leave early day to start designing a test. I think that's that's the you know it's only it's only going to be uh, good for a certain yeah. amount of time. Well, if you recall, I mentioned to you about you're going to get a tax bill for the five hundred million. Right. Well, now it's going to be for a billion. Double just. down, double down. <laughs> a lot of competition out there. Everybody's yeah. making. Well, I did hear uh, that the delivery time for that is completely unknown. Yep. That, that yep. no one really yep. knows when yep. things are going to get where yep. they're going to get. Well, it was. And also- they do have a shelf life. They do. Oh, they do have. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. they do have shelf life. Yep. I, okay. And it depends on the test itself because, you know, yeah. these tests aren't being made by one company. They're being right. made by lots right. of different companies. Right. And each one has its own, you know, success level. So and probably its own shelf life. Well, part of that announcement also said that it was further recommended if you do take a test and after exposure that uh, you isolate for five days. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. can't change any of that, you know, because yeah. that's that's definitely not test related. What the what starts getting confusing is all the stuff about okay you have you have a symptom you test you're positive then what do you do you don't retest to get back into population you're five days symptoms gone you're good to go back you're listening to healthcare now the truth about u.s healthcare our website is healthcarenow.us you can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us but dr mark will be right back absolutely You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. 
Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. The sun's gone down. We're ready to keep talking. We were going to jump totally away from COVID, but there was one travel fact you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I just saw the other day that uh, Southwest Airlines have dropped all their requirements to show a card or be tested within that 24-hour period. Southwest did. Southwest. Now, I, you know, honestly, I have traveled so little. Me too. That I haven't paid enough attention to that. But I do know that the different airlines all sort of had different policies, yep. right? Yeah. Well, I can tell you United, Delta, and American still, I believe, have those policies. That you have to show You a, have to show or 24 hour before you leave a, test. a negative test. Yep. yep. But you, Southwest, you can go online and look at it and it says no test required. Well, that's 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 a good marketing scheme that's, until is, until yeah. that somebody starts tracking well, you know, what the infections are. Well, you know, Southwest is always progressive in some of this stuff. No, yeah. Well, they're they're one of the they're, more they're progressive friendly. Yeah, they're they're airlines. progressive. I don't know yeah. I don't know about this stuff, but yeah. they're progressive. Yeah, let's so. call it consumer friendly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, they sing to you on the airline and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. Yes. Dr. Mark, I could not believe these numbers. You know, we talk about stress. Oh, yeah. And we talk about going, what, what's, what's your stress level for 2022? Right. The U.S. debt rate is 129% of the gross domestic product. Man. The only time that has ever happened before now was during World War II. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Listen to this one. You know, you hear about inflation and all this stuff, you know, at a uh, around 6% inflation rate, uh, which is the biggest since 1982. Right. 50% of inflation is due to the auto industry. So we got to turn in all our cars? No. No? I think we need to find some chips to to change the market to where cars don't continue to increase like they are. Have you tried to buy a car lately? Well, I was just going to say, I actually had my oil changed, and the big joke at the house is, you know, I'm not allowed to do that because I'll come home with a new vehicle. Exactly. And so, as you know, I have a Jeep, and so I went up and had the Jeep oil changed, and I was going to look because, you know, there's an electric version. Right. Yep. Right. And I thought, well, I'll at least look at it. Sure. They didn't have a single new jeep on the line. inside yep. or out yep no where they had they had a few used ones i think uh a couple of 19 or uh, 2017s and 18s but not a single new jeep and i was yep. talking to the guys about it. they're like yeah our inventory is just crazy and so all those ads that you hear that you know they want to buy your used cars because they can't get new cars to yep. sell well it's interesting because in december consumer reports indicated that there was a six tenths of a percent drop in consumer spending mainly related to, to car cars sales. and electronics yep yeah i think that yep. i don't think people are falling for that uh you can i'll get a yep. bunch of money for my yep. used car because they realize yep. they have to turn yep. around and either order a car that sure. delivery date is yep. un- unknown right. or they have to buy a used car at a higher price or you buy it before it even comes into the right. lot yeah oh yeah before but, but yeah. when does it get there well that's right i know that uh, my daughter bought a new car last year and she paid for it three months before she got it oh man yeah so yeah. that's that's not that's a zero percent financing in the reverse yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah, exactly that's not, that's not but cool. you know i think uh i think stress 
We know that food prices have gone up. Have you bought meat in the stores yeah, lately? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Everything's it, and, and it's you, you really need to just take all this in stride. Right. Things change. It Inflation's going to go up and down. And yep. I guess what I'm trying to say to our listeners is, don't get too wrapped up over this stuff. No, it is. It's scary news when you hear about it, and and people are noticing they're getting back out, going out to dinner, and the uh, dinner bills are higher. Uh, you know, some of that's tied to increase here in Florida increases for employee payments right and uh you know that's that's going to be it's a continued trend right it's what it's what a healthy growing economy does and we've had a lot of uh unhealthy issues in the last year and a half and we're gonna it's gonna have to be paid for but we're also not in this disastrous setup the thing that always worries me the most and we don't we never talk about money in on this show but but you know seeing where the uh, stock market is yeah and you, you worry about, you know, the sustainability of all these things. So, yep. And that's so tied to emotion, not to fact. It's exactly that, right. That, that's another reason why you want to kind of put out the call for and everybody to take it all in stride. And that's why we brought up the issue of all these billion tests that yep. the government's sending out for sure. free. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you start thinking about it and you come up with his own idea of where you want, where you want your money and yep. start putting it under the bed. Well, when you and again, we're a non-political show, but, you know, when you talk about inflation is one hundred and twenty nine percent of the GDP and the or debt, uh, debt, debt yeah, the U.S. debt is one hundred twenty nine percent of GDP. And then you look at the overall debt in our country, ninety thousand dollars per every man, woman and child. So just pay it in your taxes next year. Yeah. So that'll, that'll, that'll work. Yeah. That's right. no, that, that is incredible. It yeah. is incredible. You know, now, Dr. So, Mark, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I just, I just, maybe it's the uh, ostrich head in the sand, but uh, I just always say that, you know, we, we've been printing money for decades. A lot of years. It, it doesn't have any real value uh, behind it. When I say it doesn't really, it doesn't have any real value behind it, except what people believe it's worth. So we'll just print some more money right. and we're going to we're gonna ride through this one way or another. Exactly. You know, changing gears a little bit, Please. We, we're talking about money. Let's talk about drug pricing. You know, we've talked about that for a long time. Uh, drug pricing has exceeded yep. 20% of the total health care bill mm-hmm. of just about any patient in any insurance plan. Plan today, and there was a uh, bill. It's called 340B. Are you familiar with that from being in the hospital, Doctor? No, Mark? not not by not by yeah. the title. Yeah, 340B is a drug pricing program that was a federal program initially created to bring medicines to the uninsured and low income patients through drug manufacturers' discounts in community health hospitals and other nonprofit organizations. Mm-hmm. It seems that this pricing has been exploited by the large health systems where they're making more money on drugs are by using this program. Oh, so they're getting the drug at a reduced price, but yep. whenever they can charge for it for, right. for people who are insured. That's right. Oh. They're not using it just on the uninsured. Okay. I'm just going to say whoever is at fault this is an obvious move. I mean, if you're going to let that out there, exactly. I mean, yeah. if you're going to make that bill come yeah. up, you have to say yeah. this is what's going to happen. I knew you would have some good thoughts yeah. on this. No, I mean that's that's just stupid. I mean, yeah. that's not that's not going to work with that unless there's yeah. some type of of penalty or well, some type of way that right. they can go back and police that. Well, just to give you an idea, because of this drug pricing loophole that lets hospitals put profits over patients in drug, uh-huh. they've increased their profits on average. Dr. Mark, 37%. Wow. 
Wow, man. So this goes back to that ar- ar- argument forever about how the, the the drug companies, and now in this case, the result of the, the government creating a program that's just creating wealth in the place, number two, that we don't need to see extra wealth yeah. in, in the hospitals. Yeah. It's just- yeah, there was a study done by the Pacific Research Institute, PRI, mm-hmm. and they took a look at detailed of 25 340B hospitals across the country, including three 340B hospitals in Florida. Orlando Health generated $2.7 billion in annual revenue right. and $508 million in annual profits, and they only spent 4.32% of their net patient revenue on charity care. Ooh. Now, and they tie, are they tying some of that into this 340B program or? Well, they're now saying that, and you remember there are 80 million Medicaid in the country? Yes. The 340B program through hospitals is now as, as large as the overall Medicare, Medicaid outpatient drug sales in America. So it's equal. So that's that inpatient care and the outpatient care yeah. are, are equal. Where they've used lower pricing mm-hmm. through the 340B program to supply drugs to all their patients yeah. in their system. Yeah. No, With that, a 37% that, increase in profits. But that was just going to happen. Yeah. The that's, next time you get your bill mm-hmm. and you're, you're, at, you're discharged from the hospital, right. look and see if that $10 aspirin's on there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And more importantly, we always knew that they're not, they're not paying much for that $10 aspirin, but the 340B means they're paying almost nothing, I would bet. That's right. Well, it's very, very heavily discounted. Man, that, that, is, that is crazy. Now, where did uh, a few years back, there must have been something similar yeah. that you could get some outpatient medications for free at different pharmacies. Was, were the yeah. pharmacies supporting that, or was that something that was federally it was supported? A, it was supported by the pharma companies, pharma not companies. the pharmacies. Yeah, gotcha. but, but, you know, the thing that's interesting is the, the original 340B program, uh, the initial intentions of that program was very admirable right. and necessary. But we need to get our senators and our congressmen and our federal leaders to tie up these loopholes to ensure that the true goals of the 340B are, I, I would think it's the, are met. I would think it's the DOJ we need to get to look at that because I there's agree. no way yeah. – I, I mean, I kind of half joke when I say it yeah. was just stupid, but yeah. it was stupid. Yeah. And I, I got to believe there's something in the bill that would at least yeah. have addressed that. And, and I don't know that the DOJ would be the one, but mm-hmm. certainly HHS – Right. And the people that can monitor this. But, yeah, it's been completely right. abused, Dr. Yep. Mark. Yep. Well, I guess that's the the system of the fact checkers like HHS and the actual doers, with which would yeah. be the and, Department and we of Justice. And we all believe in capitalism, but this mm-hmm. is an abuse of that. Well, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, taking uh, a mortgage company, getting better rates for certain clients yeah. and then knocking it up on right. the one side, but it's yeah. taking, taking a bigger well, delta on the, the other Federal end. Well, the Federal Reserve gives you a cut because you're Bank of America. Right. So then now you just you don't lower you your prices it. and yep. you keep it where it is. Yep. Perfect which, example. Which is exactly, what, which is exactly, exactly what what's happens. going on here. And, yep. Yep, and, yeah. and what, yeah. exactly what happens at the banks. So, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. We need to dig out some good news here. But uh, Well, here's some good news. Right. CVS Health has partnered with Uber, and Uber has a division called Uber Health to provide access 
to for reliable transportation for patients who need transportation to mm-hmm. healthcare facilities in undeserved communities. Underserved communities. Underserved okay. communities. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I know that there's there's some reimbursement for medical transportation. Like medical transportation is not the right term because it's transportation to for medical care, but the transport is something like an Uber. And there's another company out there that's been doing it for a while, and they were utilizing... Um, well, there are several remember. transportation yeah. companies out there that that CMS, HHS, and everybody, right, that and all use, the health plans, yeah, like links and that, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. but this is actually a company that you sign up for, mm-hmm. uh, just like you would if you were a Lyft driver or an Uber driver. Okay, and then they they devy out a request, and then you work it that way. So that's a different product. So now Uber's actually doing it themselves. So there's profit in there. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at followus at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. We're jumped into the third segment this evening. Moving right along. Moving fast. Larry, you had pulled a list, and I haven't even looked at it, which is kind of the way we work on the show. Mm -hmm. You do all the work, and I just talk. (laughs) That's not true, but that's okay. Yeah, Yeah, well, that's how how we're going to play it. All right. So you go ahead and hit me with some of these things. Yeah, you know, uh, there was an article about five trends to watch in 2022, and, you know, we've been talking about different things that are going to impact healthcare in 2022. Mm-hmm. And you know, to the, in today's environment, there are really two narratives. On one hand, there's optimism about Americans receiving vaccines right. and resume, you know, all the things that you did before. Nor- normalcy. Yeah, normalcy. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, people are frustrated about the pandemic drags on and on with all these new variants. And, and you've already mentioned three more today. Yep. So that's going to make them happy. <laughs> And 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 not only the return to normal, but it's being stymied by price inflation and supply chain disruptions. Well, you know that it's true. Yeah. But when you look at the big picture, nothing has been as dramatic and as awful as we thought it was going to be, yep. Yep. you know, 10 months ago. Yep. Right. I mean, there were real doomsday discussions. Exactly. And I'm not saying that people aren't hurting. And I'm not saying people haven't lost. And we're not over this pandemic. No, we're not done. That's right. That's right. But, you know, I think there's been a a mitigation of the anticipated loss. And, you know, so that's that's a bit of a a bit of a silver lining. And you you look at, yeah, the inflation rate, it's not that dramatically unchanged from what everybody predicted was going to be before the pandemic. 
And the interesting thing that has changed so much is really the the employment right. rates and unemployment rates. That's right. Well, that's and that's a big part of it. But before we get into the five issues, just mm-hmm. so you know, digital health and technology that yes. we've talked about a yes. lot yes. has increased in 2020 from 15 billion in expenditures to over almost 30 billion in one year. Yes. it's nearly doubled. Yeah, that and and we talked. You and I have talked about this, you know, yep. before we even started the show, before over the pandemic, yep. about how this is an opportunity to deliver healthcare more efficiently mm-hmm. and at a, at a more reasonable price. So again, right. you know, when there'll, there'll be articles where they say what are the top five positive things that came out of the pandemic, yeah. this will be yeah. number one. Yeah, and and so let's go right into these five things: supply chain issues. Yep. As, as as early as 2021, and we're just early 2020. Sixty-five percent of retailers have already expanded domestic sources of supply, with 24% of all retailers establishing new areas for buying acquisition yeah, acquisition mm-hmm. during this time. And I think, you know, diversification is good. It is, but the supply chain is a huge yeah. problem in every industry right now. Yeah, as long as you, it's not now on a barge in California in the, no kidding. In the no Pacific kidding. Ocean. You know, our, our governor was working really hard to get those barges moved over here. That's right. And I don't think they, yeah. he got any movement, but they calculated that if they took him all the way around and through the Panama Canal and mm-hmm. up our coast, which is, you know, halfway around way. the world, yeah. Yeah. that it would still save them a save tremendous them. amount of money. And, you know, and just, get just the supply thought. chain going. Oh, yeah. So. Well, it was interesting, you know, when, when this, the Governor DeSantis was talking about all this, they identified that there are eight major ports in the U.S. where all these things come in from, from imports. Right. Forty percent of all imports come in right there at Long Beach, California. Yep. Yep. No, I was no How doubt. How did it get that? Well, because of where it's coming from. So if it's coming from, from Asia. The, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you know, yeah. the flat earth design, that's right? right? That's so right. it's coming around, right. around the corner, flat earth design. Closest that point way. Yep. of entry. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, the second one, Dr. Mark, aside from supply chain, you had indicated earlier, labor issues. Yeah. As late as December of 2020, one-third of all clinical employees – now, let me say that again. Yep. One-third of all clinical employees have quit their jobs – Nearly double the rate two years ago. Wow. Yeah. And we've lost, what did we say? It yeah. was it 150 million 150 healthcare million. workers. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and we see that every day in the hospitals. Yes. We see that, you know, when trying to schedule procedures, yep. whether it's in the OR or elsewhere, uh, and you, you walk in, you're like, well, you know, we're not keeping patients out now. What's, right. the, what's the problem? Well, the right. problem is, is we don't have staff to support these things. Right. Right. Now, that, then, that's a, that's a real problem. And it's, it's a really a huge problem because these are skilled laborers right. that aren't you know most Licensed of them that are leaving trained. are not coming yeah. back right they're right. they're not going that well, way. Well, I mean, look at the look. I mean, you can go in and not just healthcare, but you go in the hospital and floor nurses are just at their limits. Yeah, no, it's going to get worse. I actually had a floor nurse with one of the major chains interview with me yesterday about being a case manager with our organization to get out of the hospital tired of the floor yeah just yesterday well well whatever you're in whether you're selling cars you're you're working hard you're doing your thing and now you're doing two or three other people's jobs right you're going to lose that person too right and it's it's just and the it's way not it's just health care you no, went to a restaurant no, lately oh yeah oh, how yeah. do you like standing there when 15 tables are empty and they say we can't see no, you absolutely yet? no that's happened numerous times numerous times and yeah. i've got yeah. 
there was a, I think I've been to two restaurants now that have had little signs up that said, you know, we're understaffed. Please, Please be kind yeah, to our employees. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's yeah. true. You got to be kind to the employees. It is true. It is and true. We do, it's almost like a little game of, of yeah. how, how bad the service might be, but you're just going to grin and bear it because you're lucky right. to get out there at all. So right. that's is the way it works. What's next? So, so that's labor inefficiencies and, and not just in healthcare, but 2022 will be a year of tech enabling manual processes that waste time, create inefficiencies, and contribute to unnecessary cost, particularly back office and administrative costs, Dr. Mark. So it's going to be worse? No, trend? it's going to be better. It's going to get better. There will okay, be okay. more technology More okay. engaging. All right, yes. good, yes. good, good. So we'll have the robot yeah. secretaries and we're going to have right. all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, for a case in point, consider the unaccounting department and whether it's healthcare or not, accounts payable and accounts receivable are riddled with manual processes. Right. These are and, and paper documents that create opportunity for error. Sure. Yeah. And they're, they're not even going to be in the office anymore. That's right. That's yeah, right. So you're going to save on yeah. office space. You're going to save on on paper production. Yeah. And yep, that, that's been coming along, though. That's not really that new, has is it? been. Well, yeah. it's it is news in a way. And when you look at purchasing materials mm-hmm. management, did you know that still today purchasing is 85 percent of all purchasing tasks are still done manually? No, I would not have guessed that. I wouldn't have guessed that either. I mean, if yeah. you're looking at I mean, even small businesses today have access to things like, you know, QuickBooks and ADP, is ADP? Yeah, ADP. ADP, yeah. So that's those payroll, groups that, are, payroll that, that allow yeah. small yeah. businesses to act more like yeah. large businesses. Right. But well, 80. let me put a number on this for you. Mm-hmm. Not only does inefficiencies result in up to a $6 billion in erroneous payment and invoicing errors, but it also wastes, ready for this, $40 billion a year in transaction fees and other inefficiencies. Yeah, I I yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> talking about. Get, no, I I had a, a discussion with a banker the other day about these. You know, they just keep you you open a bank account and you say, "This is how I this is how I'm going to use it." Right. And this is what I'm expecting to pay or right, not pay. Right, right. And then they can turn around at any given day and say, "Oh, we're changing the name of your bank account, so now it has you know different different restrictions." I mean, it's it's very very frustrating. Bank fees are yep. one of those things. That yep. It's a it's a kind of a road rage kind of. Well, situation. some of the banks actually dropped their overdraft fees during the pandemic. I don't know if they've come back with that or not. Oh, I suspect uh, they're back. I don't yeah, know. I <laughs> suspect they're as quick as they can. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the next one, uh, and we've got two more disparity, uh, health equity disparity. Uh, you know, the pandemic really brought this out that people of color were more likely to contract COVID than whites, and. Sixty three point two percent, let's say 63% of all COVID deaths have been minorities. No, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, it's awful. all about health. It's awful. Health parity. No, and that, that was yeah. recognized immediately. It was. It was discussed yeah. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people push you to decide is like, oh, that's just in the news or mm-hmm. talking about this is just unfair. No, it, it was extremely factual. Um, it is, it's great that it's talked about so much more now. Yeah. But it's sad that it's been this way and been yeah. recognized by those who are interested in recognizing sure. it for decades. I mean, it's ne- it's never been right. Right. Well, but- you know, we're working with our insurance payers and the relationships mm-hmm. that we have within our organization, IPN, to look at some of these rural counties and help get product in, yeah, these, in these counties for these non-uninsured people. Yep. It does. It takes special people. Like yeah. we, a lot of our physicians are in oh, rural yeah. areas. They are, and they're they're working harder. 
and making less money. Yep. But that's their passion. Yep. And, you know, we would we would only hope that we can have more of that, not less of right. that. And and the biggest piece of that is access, Dr. Mark. Mm-hmm. These people, our physicians, as you say, are working harder for less. They're also turning away patients and patients are ending up in the ER, costing yeah. the healthcare system four or five times what it should. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in the in the rural areas, you know, trying to see a specialist, there's yep. a lot of lot yep. of stressor out there. Right, right. But no, that's something. I don't think there's an organization in healthcare or education uh, that isn't talking about this in a very formal way. That's yep. they're they're educating on all of their employees. They're having you know discussions, uh, you know, about how how real this is. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, that's good. We'll we'll see what well, comes. I'm I'm. A little skeptical in in the speed at which I expect there to be true change. Yep. Uh, but the conversation needs to continue, and that, that's that's the best we can do. Well, it's interesting because in our discussions with some of our payers, one of our large payers, one of the largest, have actually hired a health equity czar. Yeah. No. no as a physician. A yeah. Yeah. To spearhead their pro their program. Yeah, and a lot of companies have done things like that and mm-hmm. have had like uh, webinars and they're doing a lot of these things. But again, I'm a skeptic having seen this for decades and yep. decades. Well, you've and, been in it for a long just, time. They're yeah. just, you know, are they just checking the box to say, oh, but we did this because, yep. you know, they're guilty of creating part of the problem yep. and that's going to be pointed out. And when a, when a healthcare entity is, is, in the news because they did something that, that they shouldn't have done. They're going to point, but no, no, right. we did this. So, so we need to get, we need to see results yep. from the conversations and, and hopefully that's the trend that this is referring to yep. is and, actually and the results. And to tie that piece together, social determinants of health have mm-hmm. been a big buzzword sure. in the industry. And I do believe, and you know, we work with all the different payers, right? They're trying hard to help uh, health equity and tighten disparity and tighten up social yep. through social determinants of health. And I will tell you that now, now with my involvement with medical students and yeah. my, my daughter having gone through mm-hmm. medical school and in modern right. times, as opposed to me, right. that was a day one discussion. And a lot of the students get really passionate about that. And it's changed their conversation of what they want to do, where they want to practice. Yep. So that's a kind of a grassroots piece in the in the medical side on how that's going to get addressed. And hopefully that I, I actually have confidence that that will continue okay. and that that's going to be a great part of the answer. Yep. The last one, Dr. Mark, we're getting close. Artificial intelligence is expected to grow from a $6.9 billion market in 2021 to a $67 billion market in the next five years. That that uh, could scare a That's lot of people. That's some serious numbers. <laughs> yeah, they're really big. So, well, you know, if we look at our uh, non-political stance, but if we look at Washington today, any kind of intelligence has got to be a, got to be an yeah. advancement, Larry. Well, well, you know, it's and and you've indicated it even uh, before when we've talked about artificial intelligence about diagnosis opportunities. Oh, for sure, and, yeah, for sure. And yeah, overall just, patient yeah, I'm, care. I'm yeah. Kidding around? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's yeah. going to be a positive part of healthcare, yeah. and it's not going to be robots taking over the world. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. 
The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is our last segment. I'm Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we're talking all things healthcare. Now, we just finished up a talk about the five trends, and they were yes. five positive yes. trends yes. in healthcare and what we we're going to think for 2022. Right. But now we were looking through our notes, and we've got a five challenges that healthcare faces in 2022. Yeah, just and to beyond. follow up with the opportunities. Yep. Yeah. I, I wonder what yeah. the overlap's going to be, but let's go down the list. Yeah. Well, this, is, know, this is from the Boston Consulting Group, by the way. That's right. That's right. They issued a report that identifies challenges facing healthcare in the upcoming three to five years. Mm-hmm. And as a result of the pandemic and that digital shift, if you recall, we closed out our last segment right. saying that AI, artificial right. intelligence, is going to expand 10, ten times. 10 times, yep. ten times you know. But anyway, the first one is digital engagement. Yeah, Again, absolutely. as a healthcare professional moving forward, that's not optional, Doctor Mark. No, I think talk it's, about that a little yeah, it's, bit. And it's and it's yeah. in more than one facet. So, digital yeah. engagement, the most common is going to be telehealth, right? But you know what? Telephone health is also going to be a big part of it, which you know doesn't necessarily fall in, in the into that high that's tech right. industry, that's but right. but right. it's going to fit certain groups, and they're going to like that. And it's also going to be wearables and monitors from home, Yep, yep. which I think links into the next remote thing a little bit. patient monitoring. Yeah, so, yep. so those That's kinds right. of, of digital enhancements to our healthcare yep. management and maintenance are absolutely going to grow. There are businesses out there just yep. tripping over each other, right. trying to find the right niche in the market. Well, I don't want to put you on the spot, Dr. Mark, but now that don't you're you? the dean of no. FSU College of Medicine here in the Orlando market, are you discussing these kind of things like digital yes. healthcare technologies oh, yeah. with your students? Well, Can from, you talk about that yeah, a little from, bit? Well, from the telehealth part, what the students have experienced is they've had remote learning. Okay. okay? They've had remote interviews for their residencies. Okay. And the question came about just the other day that, well, what are residencies going to do next year? And we really don't know. Some of them are already planning having in, in person, but I suppose it's going to be a mix but there's an attraction and some advantages that they pick up immediately mm-hmm. by this tele- telehealth. So this next generation of physicians will be extremely confident on how mm-hmm. they can use telehealth in their practices. Okay. Now, for wearables, we talk about doing studies. Yep. And there's lots of different ideas out there. there, there well, you got the Apple Watch now, and you got all these all, different things. There's a What's that, huge, Fizbit, Fitbit, Fitbit, all that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. All, all, the, all the players that were doing fitness have transpired – some of their plans into doing things like EKGs and right. detecting AFib, right. yep. and they get more and more sophisticated every yep. series. Yep. But then there are companies out there that are being very specific yep. on what type of healthcare and laboratory monitoring mm-hmm. they can do. Right. So, yeah, the industry is going to – that's going to explode. Yep. Well, my wife got a new Apple Series 7 watch for Christmas, mm. and as you know, she's a ICU nurse. Right. And she was looking at her watch the other night sitting on the couch and says, look at this, I can actually measure my blood sugar – my uh, SAO2, yeah. oxygen sat, and now even my heartbeat, and even it'll do an EKG. 
Yeah, so I know if the, you have the app. So yeah, so I've got yeah, the, the, yeah. the. So the only one I did know about was the mm-hmm. blood sugar. So blood yeah. sugars now, yeah, cable, interesting. It's in interesting. there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so you can see it's going to be more pervasive. So the next part of that is how do we connect that to the physician's office when we're monitoring someone who's a brittle diabetic right. and we get alerts yep. and and the technology for that. It's all here. Well, isn't it all about speed of diagnosis and actionable yes. to keep a patient out of a acute care position? Well, how often does anyone go see their physician? Right, you yeah. go in, you see your physician. They make I an, see mine every six yeah. months. So you yeah. you make you make it you make a medication change. Okay, yeah. so you go to see That's him. Right. You make the appointment. That may take some weeks. Right. You go in, medication change. You're going to go up. You're going to pick up the medication. You start it, yep. and really, there's. Nothing there, unless you right. have a, a negative well, outcome, a negative symptom. It's interesting you, don't have you anything say that to because follow. even with a bad cold, you just call your doctor and he'll order you something. He doesn't even see you. Yep. Yeah. Well, they actually they kind of pushed against that. Have but they? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, interestingly, since and it's not the DEA, it's mm-hmm. actually a lot of the hospitals have come forth and said if you're going to prescribe anything, there has to be an associated visit. Unless it's just a represcription or a change associated with a recent visit, okay. and and but not even if you've got the history and physical and you know your patients as a primary care physician. Well, it depends on how long you've seen yeah. them. I mean, yeah. a long term yeah. patient to a primary care yeah. like me, I've yeah. been seeing the same PCP for fifteen years. Right. If I call him up and tell him I got a head cold, yep. he'll no. give me a Z pack. Uh, oh yeah, they're yeah. they're going to yeah. do it. They're going to do it. But the, uh, <laughs> right. the control issues of the medical staff. But I see where you're have, going yeah, with that. They've they've definitely oh, they've they've definitely made a, a stance. Yeah, and and I, I think it's all you know what how far you're going to go, what type right. of medication you're not going to start somebody on uh, yeah. a blood pressure med for the yeah. first time without saying, well, how, you know, yeah. you just took your blood pressure at home. I, I can't, right. I got to, I got right. to see that. So. Exactly. Yeah. I'm with you. And and that makes total sense, Dr. Mark. Yep. Absolutely. It really does. The next one is obviously we've been talking about this for a, a long bit, time yeah. in home community care over hospital care, right? Keeping people out of the Keeping hospital, people out of the hospital. Uh, or getting them out of the hospital more quickly, you know, whether they're it's, it's post procedure Yep. Um, whether it's just when they're on the way to recovery, I mean, in uh, in in near just joking ancient yep. times, yep. people would go in to have a hernia repair. They'd get admitted the night before, and they'd spend several days in the hospital. Exactly. So now everything is streamlined, and that was all cost based. Right. But just by accident, that right. dollar strategy was actually a good health yep. strategy because we know now that when people spend more time when they, that they don't need in the hospital, that their outcomes are worse. Well, it's interesting you say that because we just had a meeting with one of our large payers where we manage about 20,000 lives, and we found out that we're running on average about 160 avoidable ER visits a quarter. Yeah, that's a lot. Avoidable, yeah, it's a yeah, lot. It's a lot. When you consider the average price of that is about thirty three hundred dollars versus if they go to the PCP, mm-hmm. it's one hundred and fifty dollars. And some of them get admitted. Yeah, bumping up Which, that cost. Oh, then and then goes and, and we we the say charge. they're unnecessary because the ones that are admitted are discharged within twenty four hours. Well, in fact, the one hundred and sixty that I mentioned, mm-hmm. none of those people were admitted. Oh wow! So what does that so tell that, you? Yeah, yeah, that that t- totally tells you can wait. That's totally, right. totally, totally avoidable. avoidable. Yep. Uh, and again, you know, we the third one that we're talking about here with uh, challenges is the acceleration of AI. I mean, look at that seven billion to to sixty seven billion. Wow! And and the science technology. I mean, look how fast these vaccines have been progressing, right? And the speed of these things. Well, I think the companies are looking at this and they're like, well, we can make an mRNA mRNA vaccine for anything, right? 
right? And so, okay. so what, what is next? And Or is it the monoclonal antibody side? So is it prevention or cure? And, and trust me, they're in the boardrooms trying to figure out yep. where the dollars are going to flow. So the challenge is going to be, you know, we've almost flipped some of these to, to positive things, but, but we're talking yep. about the challenges yep. to get where we need to be. Exactly. So, yeah, it's great that we have this technology, mm-hmm. but we have to keep it its deployment rate at an appropriate rate. Keep it in right? check. Yeah, and I yeah. think that was a lot of the argument about the vaccine, that it came along so quickly, but that was different. I mean, we're responding to a pandemic, right? but when we're trying to make some other kind of change, we do. We have to well, be careful. I thought it was interesting your comment about six months to four-year-olds yeah. and, and whether that's really needed Yeah, or you not. didn't expect that. No, I did not expect no. that, but you know what? You make sense. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you've got you've – got, you have to be unbiased, right? Yeah. And I and that's yeah. that's the issue is pharma is biased, the hospitals are mm-hmm. biased. I mean, we we all have some kind of yeah. bias, but if you can step back and sort of see the big picture, sure. you'll come up with better answers. And then, and then the last thing on this piece, talking about the vaccines, mm-hmm. uh, we we basically know that we have a vaccine that is uh, has good efficacy against Omicron and Delta and the main main COVID COVID one, I guess you'd call Alpha. it. Yeah, alpha. Mm-hmm. But uh, now Pfizer's looking at an Omicron-specific yep. booster. Do you see yeah. that? Yeah, because they're looking yeah. at the uh, data out of Israel was saying that a right. fourth shot, you know, a fourth booster is not showing increased efficacy. So if yep. they're – and again, and the, the group that makes money doing this right. is putting money right. into research to say, well, right. maybe we can sell that. And the question will – we don't know if we need it yet. Right. You know, but, but we know that we can do it. Well, sometimes when I hear this stuff on the press, I just wonder, you know, how long can these pharma companies exploit this? Oh, yeah. As long as we let them. As long as we <laughs> as let them. As That's right. Them. As long as the press lets them, too. Yep. Well, I mean, at, yeah. at, they, had, they had a challenge typically is, will a patient spend the money to buy their drug? Will the insurance companies pay for the drug? Well, now the government's paying for it, so they have no worries at all. So, so when the government shuts off the free programs and they have to start facing those first two things, will, will the insurance cover it or will people pay for it? Right. That's going to change the whole scheme of how an issue is, is going to be treated, and that'll be once we're mm-hmm. no longer in a pandemic. Right. You know, when this becomes just a, a, a more, you know, it'll move more to an endemic in other other parts of the world and not being here or just at a lower rate here in the U.S. So really you're saying acceleration of science and technology, but at a controlled rate. Right, exactly. That's really where yeah. you're going with this. Yeah, because they're yeah. they're wrapping up science and technology to making making dollars, and it. which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's it, you have to be rewarded for your work and paid for the research, but we just have to be careful. Right. Well, we've got two more on this, and, okay. and obviously this one is right up your alley. Recruiting and retaining good healthcare talent. This, You're in that business, Dr. Mark. Okay, out of everything that we've talked about, yeah. this is the most difficult problem that we're going to face. Okay. Because as I, we talked about, I think it was in the last segment, you know, these are trained individuals. These aren't people that come, well, some of them are people that come right out of And it's right not school, trained but, in three months either. But it's not trained in three months. Years yeah, of yeah, training. Because I mean, we're looking at, at levels of, you know, you know, nurses, nurses' aides, all the way mm-hmm. to cardiothoracic surgeons, neurosurgeons, right. Right. right? So they can't just make them overnight, right? So let's say let's say that you notice that you have uh, you don't have enough ER physicians, okay? Right. Well, we needed to think back of making more doctors, right? And making more doctors means more medical schools, 
and make more medical schools means train them in emergency so, medicine, right? and then and then yeah. making sure they're going in that direction, which you can't. Right. Um, the the answer is going to a lot of it's going to be physician extenders are faster to train, and you've We're said get that there. for a long time, right? And yep. and there's you know there's it's a double edged sword. I mean, there we yep. ER, you know I I'm, I'm a physician, and I truly right. believe right. that the physician na- needs to stay central in that picture but right. there you go i'm biased i hear you okay i'm, yep. I'm biased but but i'm well I'm you understand that. the problem and and but but when i look at things we've created or we've created the the world's created a mm-hmm. problem that we have a void in these these employed groups and we're going to have to fill that void larry and yep. we're going to fill that void I'm as quickly as yep. possible yeah excellent conversation and the last one is we've talked about it and probably kill this horse prioritizing yep. health equity. Right. And we see that the payers are more and more prioritizing vulnerable populations with social determinants of health, Mark. Right. We, we've seen And that. we did. And we talked about yep. that last yep. segment, yep. too. And yep. I think it came up as a trend to look forward to. And I kind of did talk about how difficult it's going to be. Right. Right. You know, we're getting close to the end, but I want to give a little uh, tip for next week. Okay. Dr. Mark, we're going to talk about the hospital of the future and what to expect. Is it going to be on a spaceship? Because I'd like that. Well, if you imagine what a hospital is going to look like in the next 10 years, think about medical robots, artificial intelligence, and other technologies, then you're on the right track. And with that, good luck listeners not having nightmares. That's right. See you next week. Great being with you, Dr. Martin. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.